0: it's jacks what up Dallas let's go Martin Luther had a dream But Freddy Krueger had a Ruger Ex-Malcolm hopped the picture So now we back to the future Now we back to these losers Embracing death like they used to Poking out they just But listen, son, now you leaking that fuchsia huh? So who's the shooter? Um, is it your man? Or was it a fan? Or was it a stand? I huh? would beg to differ In hindsight, I bet you he said he was not a nigga Plus Biggie Smalls was just minding his business Yo, smoking an Optimo Somebody got to drop the homie Biggie has got to go And they couldn't stop it, no I wish that they could Yeah, the world needs change But man, I wish that we would So out of line, frown A man hung from a four pound His blood ripples on the floor from the wall sound His mama sitting at the wake, hoping the Lord's found Another dead, another gone now Damn Another man done gone Another man done gone A Sunday county farm yeah. George Elliott said that it's best to be what you want to be. Fucking do what you want to do. So I do what I want to do. Bet you did it, the flaws. Bitch, I did what I wanted. Bet you did it and lost. Bitch, I did it and won it. Shit, yeah, I'm never coming back. Listen, I just want to rap. Gee, I told you all of that about a dozen tracks, I don't give a fuck, I just, I just, I just wanna rap, Spitting fire on this track, like a thunder thundercat, plus this mic is bleeding roho, this shit is a no-no, Rolling in that low-low, plus I'm from that Baltimore, need a folk folk, Smoking on my logo, ready for the walk and we so-so, sitting with the flow, somebody call the robo, heard the lames and I swear they so-so, too much love for the fame just to go broke, you said like I had the rap game and the troll card, never think I got the whole world in a rope, though? No, gotta think it- crazy is he the next Jay-Z? my crystal ball is hazy but i don't know maybe would you
1: look at that we are back Another at least i'm night, back see look we're, we're, we're back so much i'm gonna play the song twice yo. that's what we're gonna do no, i'm sorry we're not gonna do that what's up everyone welcome back to the insane tech podcast is your host chris here and um we have been off for uh, a significant amount of time I want to say it was like middle of November, maybe like the week before Thanksgiving, uh, we went on break for the insanity check, but it is 2019 our a whole brand new year, and it, I am proud to say the insanity check is back, folks. So thank you guys very much. Um, joining me, and I just realized this, I didn't do this on purpose, joining me in today's show is the, one of the people that was on the show the last time we were here. So it's really like we never left. Uh, I got Justin from Three Fist Podcast. What's going on, Justin?
2: Not only was that the last guest you had on, this is the second year in a row where we've started being Insanity to check together.
1: <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. That's, I mean, like, like I said, the, w- the way I see it, so look, I, we have been off since, uh, I want to say it was like, like I said, like the week before Thanksgiving, right? And um, I know a lot of people were like, oh, I'm sad you took off, you know, all this crazy stuff to went in the world. We need the ACN check back. But I'm here to tell you guys, it's kind of like we never left. Cause uh, first off, last guest was Justin. Justin's here now. Nothing changed there. Um, we have been gone so long. This is how long we've been gone. We've been gone so long, and, and things have remained so much the same. I think the week after we left, it was the whole thing with with, with Kanye and and the and the in the MAGA hats and wearing you know him trying to sit there and say slavery was a choice and all this other stuff, right? You know, either it was right after we took a break, or right when we took we were like a show or two before we took the break. Right? He went back and apologized for all that stuff. He is now back to wearing his MACA hat and claiming, doubling down on supporting Trump in 2019, just so we're all clear where he stands. It's like we never left. It's like I never left.
2: You know. Nothing changed. I appreciate Kanye giving us the consistency in his personal life and beliefs that he doesn't give us in his music, you know he's just consistently trash as a person, and I appreciate that yeah he's no. he giving us no hope for redemption, no hope that he will get it together, nope he's just gonna be consistently trash
1: yeah, no no, no i i um let's keep that same energy, you know it's just i i I appreciate that, but that's not the only thing that's not the only thing that happened while we were gone that's kind of like. It's kind of way to way it didn't even matter. Um, Kevin Hart went from hosting the Oscars to not apologizing for homo- homophobic tweets to then stepping down and then apologizing, kind of, sort of. Uh, and now he just did an interview with Ellen where he's now reconsidering coming back to the Oscars, which to me, I'm like, can you even do that? <laughs> can you even, like, what are we?
2: It's like we never left. If, look, if <laughs> Kevin Hart had actually just shut the fuck up and not did that Ellen interview, the Oscars could have snuck him back in because they don't actually care about what he said. They care that the audience cares. But if he had just shut the fuck up, the block would have got, the, the heat would have died down. They could have snuck him back in. No one would have cared. But but that's the funny just thing about the whole
1: that's Kevin, but that's the funny thing about the whole Kevin Hart thing is if he had just shut the fuck up the entire time, like I don't even think that he didn't have to like, Again, I am not taking this position. I believe he should have had to apologize for his homophobic tweets. And it doesn't matter how long it is. I'm saying that right there. But if he just said nothing, if he didn't apologize for the homophobic tweets, if he didn't re-apologize for him, if he just pretended like it didn't happen, he would still be hosting the Oscars. Or, yeah. or, 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 and when they ask him, hey, can you just apologize again? If he just goes, "I'm I'm sorry. If he just done that. Nothing would have changed, but he decided to, to, to punch. Uh, is this thing this week with people punching themselves in the dick? I don't know what it is with dudes, but we're just we're like just self punching each other in our dicks. And he had to go out there and take a saying, I'm never going to apologize for it. If they want to fire me, then fire me. And they were like, I mean, we'll, we'll get rid of you. Oh, okay. I gotta, I guess I gotta step down from, and, and I apologize. He, he ended up taking a stand about not apologizing only to apologize and step down. Like I've never seen anybody self own as bad as Kevin Hart did with that.
2: Yeah. And the. the, I guess the infuriating thing about Kevin Hart, because before it was it was upsetting because it's like, yo, you have to be held accountable for your actions, right? You have harmed a marginalized community. We don't set a time limit on how often people have to apologize for being racist. But you suddenly have to do it now that it's you and your homophobia. Right. And even if you did, quote unquote, apologize. So I covered this with my homegirl, Brianna he's he claims he addressed this and in a rolling stone interview he basically said yeah the, the butt of the joke is isn't it absurd how far we go to prevent our sons from being gay and it's like but the punchline is still abusing a child because they might be gay like that's the punchline the gay child is the punchline you never actually apologize for it. you just explained the joke and said isn't it funny mm-hmm. um but then the bullshit he did with Ellen, where he turned it into a woe is me, everyone's giving me negative energy. And it's like, yeah, because you're contributing to a culture and a society that gets gay people killed, that gets our queer siblings killed. Right? So this is I like- let's make it all about you. And the sad part is, and this and this is more of how little faith we have in the 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 cultural zeitgeist. If he had just done the bare minimum, I'm sorry, or even better, just tweeted it through. Mm-hmm. He'd still be hosting the Oscars, and nothing would have happened.
1: Yo, that's that's in the that's in the thing that makes me so. Uh, I was like, if he had never done the video, if he had never, because it, it wasn't even just that he said on Twitter. They, he did a fucking video, and he was so defiant about. It. I'm like, it. and I'm like, well, now you're being an asshole. So now you're definitely gonna have to. Like, it never works that way. It, I, 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 people, I was seeing people, you know, different. Well, you know, if he was white, I'm like, no, if he was white, you go through the same thing because we've seen this before. We saw it with racism. We saw it with um, what's your name, Roseanne? We're saying the same thing. It's like they say some fucked up shit. Then people get outraged. They're like, I'm never apologizing. You guys stop being snowflakes. And all of a sudden somebody hits them and be like, actually, we actually can fuck you up and take your money away. So maybe you should go out there and apologize. And oh, by the way, you're going to apologize. And we are still we still might fire you. And that's what happened with Kevin Hart. His whole stepping down thing, I guarantee you somebody called him and was like, hey, hey, bruh, hey, bruh. We're going to let you go ahead and say you're stepping down. You gotta go, you gotta go, and and I didn't watch the interview, and I didn't hear Ellen talk about. It, but fuck Ellen for this, and I understand. You know, you can't you you can't do that. Like you you can't you can't bring this dude on, and ex and, and 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 first of all, let's try to say that the Academy does want him back. How do you know that? You don't know that. You don't. So that so already we've changed the this, this thing from. Kevin Hart and dealing with his like if she brought him and wanted to talk about what he did and why it was wrong and what he said was wrong that's one thing and leave it there but this whole thing now you've turned it into well the academy wants Kevin Hart back I was like no Ellen said that they want him back Ellen doesn't fucking know is Ellen even a member of the academy she might be I'm, I'm, I'm saying she's not but is she does anybody know for a fact so if she's not Wait,
2: but- how does she even know the other thing Ellen did was Ellen put her friendship with Kevin Hart over the harm Kevin Hart has done, right? Ellen did what what white people often do. Well, I know this person. They're not a bad person. Let's just talk to them and get to the root of the issue because they're not actually homophobic. They're my friend. He's not racist. He's my friend. He's not sexist. He's my friend.
1: You can't. You can't interview your friend about some, something they've done to harm another community. Even if you're a member of that community, because you're blind. You're, you're blinded by it. You just can't. You can't do it. That's never a good... First of all, here's my thing. We're friends, Justin. I never put my neck out for you like this. I'm sorry. I'm just not. Like, we're cool, but we not <laughs> we not put my neck out, you know, and, 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 and fuck up my own credibility like this. It, it's just, no. Like... You can, you can, you
2: can do it. You right. Right. Cause it's like, if, if I was wilding, like Kevin Hart was wilding, like, 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 if I had said the things that Kevin Hart had said, and if I had made a career out of like part of my, part of my shtick, my brand was gay bashing. Right. And as my friend, you didn't pull me to the side and say, yo, you're wilding. You got to stop. You got to apologize like that. That's what a real friend would do. A real friend, a real friend pulls you to the side and says, "Yo, yeah, well, you wild You might want to fall back on this. You might want to apologize for this. This is what you're doing. This is why it's harmful. This is why you should stop."
1: Right. Well, what, well not only that, but it's like hey, here's the thing. You know, Kevin Hart may, and because unfortunately, guys, we're gonna we're gonna be dealing with some fun stuff at the beginning, but we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about the R Kelly stuff. It just have to. I made the mistake of watching that the the, the two nights already, so I got it finished, and I got to be a. This is one time being a completionist is terrible. Like, I'm not really a completionist all the time, but this is one time when I decided to be a completionist and I'm hating myself for it. But in relation to this, this is one of those times where, like, the time that Kevin Hart and, and so many people try to make this argument and they 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 make they make half an argument and they fail with the back half of it. They fail with the follow-up, which is you're right. At the time when Kevin Hart made those those homophobic jokes, homophobia, and this is an unfortunate thing, was way more prevalent and way more accepted. And so, he's not the only comedian, comedian who made those kind of jokes, made those kind of statements. He's not the only person. You know, other people have made those kind of statements and, and jokes. Where people, and, and that's true, where people always fail when they get to that point is they fail the follow-up, which is, but it was wrong then, and it's even more wrong now. You should have to apologize and, and show that you have changed and you understand that those things are wrong. Because he, goes, he sits there and says, I apologize in the past. First of all, you read his Old and Stone article, no, he didn't apologize. He basically says, uh, I will never say those things again because it's gonna get me in trouble, which is not the same thing as getting, it, it, it is, it's not the same thing as an apology. You don't want to get in trouble, so you're not gonna say it anymore doesn't mean you don't still think them doesn't mean you don't don't still feel those way feel that way you just you're just smart enough to know that you can't say it out loud because you'll get you in trouble That's not an apology that's not an understanding that's not even it's kind of growth, but it's like step one <laughs> the the most bare minimal steps um that, that, that's self
2: preservation
1: right 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 which which honestly at this in this day and age I will say. We actually kind of need that step. Like we, a lot of times, we kind of when we, when we deal with people in growth, we kind of skip over that step. But at this point, I kind of would like a lot of people that we're going to be talking about today, if they just started with step number one, which is self-preservation. Don't do that because it could get you in trouble,
2: right? Well, yeah, that, that shame works as a weapon, but shame only works when people see that there are consequences for their uh, thoughts and actions, right? And it can sound scary. Oh, you consequence for thoughts? Yes, if your thoughts are bashing gay people is good comedy, there should be a consequence for that.
1: Exactly. And right? so, and, 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 and in this case, the consequence is literally just, anytime it comes up and probably brings it up, you just got to say, uh, you apologize. And I don't say that stuff anymore. Like, it's, that is the, the, the simplest of apologies. It's not even like people are saying that you can't go forward. Like, honestly, because it, 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 if we banned anybody who ever did anything homophobic, should I be canceled and a lot of other people would be canceled and we wouldn't get anywhere done? So we already know that that's not going to happen. Right? So if the bear if if the only thing you have to do is apologize and then you still refuse to do that? Because I did it before. Really dude? Really? Really? I don't get it.
2: I don't get it. So Ray Rice, right? Ray Rice battered his then fiance on an elevator. Everybody saw it. I don't know if his thoughts have changed. I don't know if he is actually repentant about that, but part of his penance slash redemption tour was he became a domestic violence advocate. Right. I don't want to get into the sincerity of that and how much of that was he was just trying to get back into the league, but that was part of what he had to do. Bare minimum. Right. I mean, it's like, it's, it's yes. Like that was the bare minimum of what he had to do. Right. Right. Kevin Hart can't even do that. Kevin Hart can't even say, you know what? I made these jokes. I harmed this community. Let me do what I can to help this community. Even if you aren't sincere, the check's still clear. Right. Right. So. Hey,
1: just, hey, yo, similar thing. I just want to tell you, hey, look, look, look. Make sure the check clears. If the check clears, doesn't matter. Um, so I wasn't even going to spend a lot of time on Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's not the only, because it uh, actually tied well, tie back into Kevin Hart. Um, we also have uh, Louis C.K. is all of a sudden back. Um and he's come back and it basically has rebranded himself as um comedian Pierce Morgan.
2: Um the greatest thing was after that uh that set leaked, Dennis Miller was trending because everyone said Louis C.K. has completed his evolution into Dennis Miller. Yeah. Nothing makes well, one thing makes me happier this week than people equating Dennis Miller with Louis C. K. Like that was just mwah.
1: Well, this it kind of between this and the Kevin Hart thing led me to two things. Um, because you're seeing this and and from and again, I'm not a comedian, but you're seeing this from comedians and and, and all because there were a lot of people that came. Like I think Jerry Seinfeld came up and defended, uh, um, defended uh, Kevin Hart. Uh, Rob Snyder, did he defend? Louis Lewis C K or did he defend Kevin Hart? I can't remember who he defended. Either way, he defended yes. somebody who right he defend he defended one of them for their stuff. And their whole thing is, well, it's jokes, people. It's just like just with the laugh and stuff like that. So I'm not a comedian. And I said this on, on, on Twitter. And it's the one thing that, that drives me crazy. And it shows me who's, an, who's actually a great comedian and who honestly is really just a hack. And to me, the hacks are the people who don't underst- the comedians who don't understand that your comedy is definitely can be bad when your target is you punching down. And so, when you look at that Lewis c k, and I'm not gonna play it here, um but that Lewis c case bit where he's targeting you know um transgender people when he's targeting uh, another one you target Asian, Asian men, it's like you are targeting marginalized communities and marginalized people. you could have easily switched your target and and hit you know the power structure or the people who have power. And made the same kind of cutting edge stuff. Like, there, Louis, Louis Black is still making jokes. Louis Black doesn't get in trouble. Why? Because Louis B- Black knows his target is the power structure. Right. You do not and- punch down. When you punch down, people are going to find, it's no longer comedy, it's bullying. It's, 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 it's the most basic of comedy. How do you not know that? And you're supposed to be a great comedian. And if you're any comedian out there who's defending this shit, how do you not know that? How do you not know that your target is not supposed to be you punching down?
2: The thing with Louis C.K. is the, the stand up that everybody jumps to when they're like, oh, Louis C.K. is the next George Carlin. There's two bits in that stand up. One bit where he's talking about time travel as a white person that's like an explicitly white privilege and how black people can't travel through time and how white people are eventually going to have to pay for all of the inhuman things that they've done to people of color around the world. He ends that bit or later on in that same stand up, he talks about how the most dangerous thing for a woman is dating a man because men kill women for the slightest, the slightest perceived transgression. Louis C.K. understands these concepts. He understands the concept of power structure. He understands the concept of punching up, not punching down. So to see him do this. Is doubly offensive because this is someone who knows better and is choosing not to do better. Well, it is because cr- he's going for either the cheap laugh or he's become the old man on the lawn saying, These dumb kids and they like the jokes he makes about the, the trans community. Kid. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And then he goes on a rant in the middle of it where he says, the only reason why the high school kids are famous in Florida because they weren't shot. And I was like, what the fuck are you doing, Lewis?
1: It's, um, I, I the reason why I said it is Pierce Morgan. Same thing happened with Pierce Morgan. Pierce Morgan, again, and I'm not saying these people weren't trash. People were like, well, I, he was always trash. I'm like, fine, fine, fine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's a difference between, you know, being trash and, and, and kind of keeping it kind of contained. And then this, cause white men do this where they 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 get rejected or they feel like they finally get called to, to question for something and they all of a sudden decide, well, fuck it. I guess I don't have to pretend anymore. And the same thing happened with Piers Morgan. When Piers Morgan had that thing, that that beef with Janet Mock um, and got called out for it, Ever it's, it's that specific moment when Piers Morgan became the douchebag he is today. That's when it happened. And it was only because he got called out and told that... Cause like, these white men are fu- perfectly fine when they have all the power. When they have, when they're not being told what to do and they feel like they're in control and, oh, people are on our side, they're fine. The minute they they have to work their way back up from the bottom and, and getting in and, and people's good graces, all of a sudden they're like, no, fuck that. I'm a white man. I can do whatever the fuck I want. And that's what Louis C.K. Yeah, is exactly. doing right now. And that's exactly what he's doing right now. And it's absolutely disgusting.
2: Like, let, let's not forget what got Louis C.K. in trouble. He was he was outed for masturbating in front of his women coworkers, right? Like that's what got Louis C.K. in trouble. He is garbage, and instead of instead of admitting that that was a bad thing, hey, I'll just make jokes about you know Asian people. I'll make jokes about the trans community. I will make jokes about high school shootings. That's what I'll do instead.
1: Yeah, he rebranded himself as a right wing a right wing comedian. I mean, it's just and you're gonna see a lot of that because these white men don't want to deal with the idea of and In the broader sense, this is the comedians, and this is why I say like some of these comedians are you're showing themselves as hacks, because like you brought this up, this idea of they're basically the old man who who wants the kids to get off their lawn, like, you don't want to change your comedy, and I fully believe that comedy needs to change with the times. Comedy is what, um, uh, is why I like the movie Vice. Vice is a is, is is. I know a lot of people are like, oh, they made a comedy out of Dick Cheney. I mean, yeah, but it's the target is Dick Cheney and the Republicans. It makes them look terrible. Like it's it's a it's comedy that punches up and shows you, oh yeah, remember these guys? You know they're horrible. You're thinking about Trump right now. These be- like that's what comedy does. Comedy can speak truth to power. Comedy can can you know challenge a power structure, but it can't do it. If it's punching down and you need and, and and because the society changes as you go along, that means your comedy has to change and and so what you're seeing here you're seeing particularly men who are like, well oh wait, now I gotta deal with transgenders, but i didn't I didn't have to deal with that when when I was making comedy for matter of fact we made com we made jokes about them we made jokes about trannies. we made jokes about you know a chicks with dicks. So I don't want to change that now. I don't, I I gotta, I gotta adjust that. Oh, that's too far from me. That's, oh, now all of a sudden it becomes, that's politically correct. And I'm, my comedy is not politically correct. I can't do that now, you know? And I'm just like, that's not how that works at all. That's, that's not how, if you were, if you were worth your salt, you'd still find plenty of jokes to make. It's like, um, some of it's not because they're hackers, because uh, honestly, I think they they just, they're, they're out of date. Like it's when, um, Deja Powell made those, uh, the transgender jokes. And I was like, Dave, you almost had a good joke there if you changed who the target was. If you made the target more along the lines of people being weird. Like, Bill Burr does this a lot. And he still flirts a line sometimes, too. But Bill Burr does this a lot. And the way he kind of avoids a lot of this stuff is he makes himself the idiot. So if he feels something and he doesn't feel some way, he'll be like, yeah, I just don't understand. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not understanding pronouns and stuff like that. Just like, but I'm an idiot, and 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 I'm wrong for this. And the world's gonna pass me by. And someday I will die. Like when you make yourself the target and and, and point yourself as a person that's outdated, that makes it okay. We can allow that because it shows that you're you're going through and you're struggling with trying to understand a changing world. I can go with this. When you f- come in, it's like, oh no, they them. Mm, no, I'm not doing that shit. Not doing that shit. PC PC. Fuck out of here! That's not. What are you doing? What are you doing?
2: Yeah, like you said, when you we could even take the Kevin Hart jokes. He can tell that same the the same style of joke about you know not wanting his son to be gay. But if he turns the target into and I'm a bad father because of it, boom, boom, you're done. Now, now, now the onus is on the audience. They're not laughing at the abuse you're giving your son. They're laughing at your son being more enlightened than you. And and now
1: you're challenging the audience to not be like you. If you're doing the same thing I'm doing, you're also bad. So now you're also, in a way, now also pushing more progressive ideas versus the idea of, you know, I'd beat my son if he was gay. Right, dude, in here in the front corner. And he goes, yeah, you're right. I'd beat my son if he was gay, too. I'm like, no, you fucking morons. You guys are just admitted to abusing and insulting your sons because of, because of their, their, their sexual orientation. You're fucking idiots. You know? That's that's the thing about comedy. But you're seeing so many of these these mostly men who refuse to do this, you know. And 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 their supporters are, are coming on the lines of, well, we cancel anybody who have homophobic jokes, and we got to cancel everybody. It's like it's not about that. It's about the fact that how do, how have you grown? Lewis C.K.'s, uh, The the Lewis uh Stand up is literally late '90s, early 2000s stand up. What are we doing? In two thousand in two thousand eighteen two thousand nineteen, I'm I'm supposed to still be laughing at twenty year old
2: jokes that are now are now outdated. Come on, yeah, come on. It, if it's, you... it's juvenile. Like it, it is juvenile. And I, I always laugh inside when people are like, well, we'd have to cancel everybody, and I'm like, okay, cancel. And first of all, well, then you would have to be canceled. One of the reasons why. I am as vocal as I am now is because I know when I was a dumb kid, I played into a lot of the dumb culture. I know I played into rape culture. I know I played into homophobic culture. I know I played into massage noir. That's why I'm so vocal about it now, because it's important that other kids don't go through what I went through and play into harmful cultures, right?
1: Use yourself as a target. Use yourself as the example of what not to do.
2: Yeah. And, and the only way things get better, like I and I, we're, I'm i 90 percent sure we'll, we'll bring this up when we get to R. Kelly. But I wish more people had sat me down in my formative years to, like, tell me this is wrong. Oh, we'll get right? like, oh, oh. when you're 9, 10, 11, you're trusting your adults, you're trusting your OGs. And when they're reinforcing the shit, you're like, oh, I guess it's OK, then.
1: The The whole idea of being, you know, growing up is being better than the generation that came before you and being more understanding and, and passing it on. And And that's one of the things that definitely to R Kelly thing that I'm the, the generation before has really failed us with that because they really set us up to be, to reinforce rape culture, homophobia and everything else like that, because that's what we were taught because that's what they were taught. Instead of telling us to be better, they told us that it was normal and normalized it. And you can't do that, and, and what I'm seeing is, I'm seeing people in our age group. Because how how old is Kevin Hart?
2: Oh God, I want to say he, he can't be older than fifty.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking, mid-50. but black
2: people age like yeah. trees. So well, 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 okay, I will okay, Google no, this to find no, out. No,
1: this makes sense. He's 39, so I can say this. He's in my age group. He is Kevin Hart is actually a millennial. All right, and and again, that nigga's 39. Yeah, he's he's 39. He's he's born in 679. Um. So, so th- th- but this makes perfect sense. Uh, again, we'll talk more about this when we get into Dark Kelly stuff, but like, I, felt, I find that there, the millennial generation is, 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 some people are having struggles because we are, I believe, the last generation that the generation before, like the gener, I don't know what the generation after millennials is, but at least they're going to have enough solid base on what not to do to move forward. We are the last generation that literally had everything reinforced in us as we grew up. And when you see somebody like Kevin Hart, on the one hand, dead wrong, and I get it. On the other hand, I feel kind of bad because I'm like, totally understand where he came from. I, I totally understand that. I I can see how he grew up not understanding that those jokes were wrong. Where I, where my sympathy leaves is Read the room in 2018 and 2019. See what everybody else is doing. If the trends are moving towards being more inclusive and in, and in, and and shunning homophobia and transphobia, you should move with that too. Or you're gonna get run over. And that also means coming to terms with what you did in your past, which means like, again, same with me. I have old and, and homophobic insanity checks. I have old homophobic tweets and transphobic tweets. I know I do. You know, all of that stuff there, right? My 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 way of going forward is this, that they're there and I will address them when they're brought up. And I also actively work to make sure everybody understands that I have grown. Kevin Hart keeps saying, kept saying, I'm not that person. And where's the evidence of that? Like you said with um, Ray Rice, whether he was sincere or not, he did work with divestive violence groups. That's there to show that. Uh, My more perfect example I like to use is uh, is Michael Vick. Because Michael Vick literally did work with uh, Humane Societies. Michael Vick did show that he was actually remorseful and changed and grew into a different person. Like, we watched Michael Vick grow. And change from the person who right. used to be. And it's like, okay, I don't have to wonder if you did. With Kevin Hart, you're like, well, did you really grow from making those jokes? Or do you just not do them in public anymore? You know? And the answer is, I don't know. And, and I also believe this thing. If you're... You can't sit there and say, I've grown. You, just, you guys just can't see it. If you're, If your bigotry was public... Your growth and change has to be a two. So you can't sit there and say, Oh, well, I've changed. That was a long time ago, and people who know me, they know that it's like, well, no, no, no. You 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 had no problem going 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 big time with the jokes, you know, and putting them out there and for the public to view. Your your growth and change need to be also just as public. And I think that's where some people, uh a lot of people, especially in our generation are are struggling because what we what, what was acceptable when we grew up is definitely not acceptable and i, I think we're seeing a lot of millennials of uh, fighting back against our programming about what we what we were taught at, and and we're gonna come back to this because we're gonna hold that thought cause we're gonna come back to this when we when we talk about the r kelly stuff because it's who boy has but um let's get into some some other things outside of the communities being being fucked up um some things that, that changed, but also some other things that, stayed, that, changed, but, uh, that that changed but stayed the same at the same time. Uh, Trump is still an idiot. Um since we left <laughs> this is amazing. I started putting this together and I couldn't believe this when I said I think I think right when we did the last episode, Jeff Sessions was fired, wasn't he? I think he was fired that, that Friday. I mean, yep, like, Jeff
2: Sessions so- uh, got his priorities mixed up. He thought he was supposed to be a racist first and uh, Trump loyalist second. No. no, no, no! The order is Trump loyalist, then racist.
1: Yeah, come on, guys, come on! Yeah, it was on, it was, it was on, it was, it was on the study guide. Ugh, come on! It was on the syllabus. It's on the syllabus. Come on, let's go. Um, since then, we've had Jim Mattis leave, John Kelly, Mick Mulvaney, and Ryan Zinke, all have quit or been fired or resigned. That's I mean, just that's just wild, been a, but... just been a month, a month and a half. Most the wild that. thing
2: about all these people leaving, it's not like they had some change of conscience. They all got the priorities fucked up. They thought that as long as they were doing their little racist thing or their little whatever thing, they could slide. And Trump was like, no, I demand loyalty above all else. The maddest thing was funny because he was like, all right, cool. We can be, we can be racist and xenophobic, but we still got to state, yeah, there's one issue. And when Trump said, I don't care about that shit, <laughs> That's Madison. Oh well, now it's too much. Now, now it is a bridge too far. Right. right, right. Um. Didn't John? Ke- didn't John Kelly leaving? Yeah, John Kelly's leaving. Yeah, John Kelly's leaving. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah. Um. Because John Kelly lied. Because when John Kelly got there, oh, he's gonna bring order to the Trump White House. This is when Trump becomes president. He's gonna bring order. The first thing he did as chief of staff is lie on, um, Frederica Wilson. mm Hmm in front of everybody, and never apologized. Mm-hmm. Fuck God, Kelly.
1: Oh, yeah, no, no. Like, here's the thing. Uh, the media's going to point all these people, oh, the adults are leaving, the adults are never there. You had You had scam artists and you had people who thought that they were going to, like, a- again, it's so white, right? These white male generals thought they were going to come in And they were so mad at the black guy, right? Because the black guy just didn't listen to the general, he didn't respect,
2: Obama didn't respect us, he didn't,
1: he didn't listen to his generals, and they thought they were going to come in, this white guy was going to be better, and then he found out quickly that we should talk with the black guy, should talk with the black guy, the black guy actually knew what he was doing, he was actually a good leader, and knew about leadership, and knew about, you know, uh, that you can't just tell, you can't just give us a blank, blank slate, to do whatever you do, like Donald, you know what it is? And, and after watching vice, I think I figured it out. Well, I figured out why so many, like there's this question of why all these people were coming into the, helping uh, Donald Trump. Right. And the push from Republicans was well, we needed adults in the room. Well, after watching um, vice, the real thing is, um, Republicans did all that to gut and and shift executive power. And so as far as all these people were concerned, Trump was an idiot. Didn't care about being president. So we come in, you know. I'm I'm Jim Mattis. I'm Secretary of Defense. I will have complete control. You know, I'm Mick Mulvaney. I'm I'm the you know office of uh, management of, of budget. I'll, I'll be have complete right. I'll have all I'll have complete control because it's going to be another one of those Dick Cheney, um, George W. Bush situations where George W. Bush hands almost all the power over the Dick Cheney, and so the, the real power comes from the, uh, the vice president chair. What they don't understand is, first of all, Mike Pence is weak as shit. Mike Pence isn't a leader. So you don't have that there. Uh, then you have the idea that uh, Donald Trump, while he is weak and, and stupid and that, and he's not a good leader, he does not believe in playing second fiddle to anybody. So he's going to be that guy that wants to have complete control even though he has no idea what he's fucking doing. You know? And that's where they quickly realize we fucked up.
2: It's like it's it is the inverse of the Bush presidency, where Bush was quite content to be president and let Dick Cheney do all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Trump is someone who has to convince everybody else how much better than Obama he is, it's and but, how much smarter than everyone else he is. Like he has this need to just convince everybody. Look, I, it's a it's Godfather too. It's Fredo. I'm smart. That's that's Trump in a nutshell.
1: In and, um, and they are having such a hard time. Dealing with the fact that he's so dumb, like I, I I cannot. I I don't try to watch a lot of stuff he does, but it's just like it is out like it's a skill. I would say if Donald Trump has one skill, it's how dumb he is, because it takes skill to be this ignorant. Because of what it is. He is actively being ignorant. He refuses to do any work to educate himself. So he says, this. so right now we're operating under what day 14 now of a government of a government shutdown. All because he doesn't he won't get his the, the Democrats in the House won't won't give him funding for um, his wall that doesn't make any fucking sense. Anybody with any fucking sense tells you it doesn't make any sense. And so you have the Republicans who he's now surrounded himself with are just yes men and women who will say whatever he wants because that's, that's what we're getting now. Like, just so you know, the next two years are going to be terrible. Even worse than the last two. Um, because you're going to get a bunch, the, the people you're going to get now are going to be yes men and women who are more interested in keeping power than actually getting anything done. Hi Ben Carson.
2: Even worse, <laughs> you're going to get people that actually believe in him. Mm. So you're going to get sycophants and true believers. These next two years are going to suck.
1: Yeah. Now the only thing that will save him is uh, Nancy Pelosi in the House is going to try to keep a lot of those things going. But expect him, like I said, his his next thing is declaring a national emergency. So he's going to do that. He's going to comp- He's going to declare a national emergency so that he can get his funding for the wall because he's going to realize that he can just he can just do like Obama did and do executive orders and things like that. And this is why,
2: because I I remember 2011 or 2013 vividly. Why doesn't Obama just do executive orders? Because Obama does not want to set the president for the guy that comes after him. Like that's that's, that's why he was so reluctant to do it and only did it when literally Congress refused to govern. And he said, fine, I'll do your job for you then.
1: Because Mitch McConnell had, I've read an article about Mitch McConnell and how he's basically not not doing anything to negotiate with anybody now. He's basically slunk. Like, the, it is amazing to me how much the media in this country as a whole lets Republicans get away with nothing. Like, Nancy Pelosi is now the, the Speaker of the House. Uh, the last speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, literally just kind of ran out the clock at the end of last year. I don't know. I don't even know if he went to work. <laughs> I don't even know if he went to work, and so he left. He left it, the the speakership in the House with a government shutdown and a deficit. Remember, Paul Ryan and the in the in these deficit hawks talk about something. We got to cut the cause. We got to cut the deficit. Left with a bigger budget, a uh, bigger deficit than when he came in, he he not just left the toys. He didn't not just not put the toys back that he, that he used when he no. He added more things in and then messed them all up and put them in like it's just he made a complete mess and then he just disappeared.
2: Mitch McConnell. Paul Ryan was so bad at oh. being speaker. We forgot about John Boehner, who was before Paul Ryan the worst speaker of the house of all time. Like that is not an exaggeration. John Boehner was abjectly horrible at his job. And Paul Ryan found a way to make that fucking worse.
1: John Boehner at least worked across the aisle. Sometimes to get things done. like John Boehner would not let John Boehner would not have left to let the the government, uh, uh, um, government shut down as long. He wouldn't have done it. He wouldn't have. And Mitch McConnell is just completely spineless. Like I am, I am shocked not really that. I know Mitch McConnell is terrible, but like it is outstanding amazing how spineless Mitch McConnell is and
2: doesn't get anything done. I just nope. Mitch and Mitch McConnell's whole game is if I open the government, I'll get primaried and lose. Yeah. So let me just run out the clock. I'm still getting paid, so Yeah. He's literally
1: on some, you know, it, it, I love this one thing where, okay, so at one point the, before last year, the Democrats did offer some funding. Here's the thing too, and I, and I know people are going to, eventually the government will be open up and the Democrats might budge a little bit on some kind of funding. And I know people are going to get mad at them, but it's like, Democrats are understanding this one thing that the wall's not going to get built. So that's all the things so, you, so whatever happens here going forward, everyone needs to understand one thing. The wall is not going to be built even if they approve funding, there's going to be no wall. All right? So, uh, originally, you know, there was a a plan for funding. Uh, Democrats negotiated down and said, okay, well, um, uh, what was it? It was, uh, Democrats offered this amount of money. They were like, okay, you know what? Trump wants the the funding? Fine. We'll offer, I can't remember how much it was. We're like, we'll offer you like, a billion dollars for the, for, for the, for the wall. Uh, no, we'll offer you like, we'll offer you, we'll offer you $4 billion for the wall. Mitch McConnell went back to Trump and you know, and, and they denied it. And then uh, Mitch was like, all right, no, we can't do that. So let's go back and, and work, work more. The like, directors were like, yo, we gave you the best offer. We'll give you four. It's was like, no, we need to work a deal. I was like, all right, cool. The price now is two. But that's less than what you offered me before. Well, you should have took the first fucking deal. Like that's the thing about this. It's like the Republicans are also terrible at the deals that they claim that they can make. Mitch McConnell can't work deals for shit. Like when you, the the, the only thing that the that 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 the, the Republicans got done in those first two years, outside of putting kids in cages, was the tax deal, which everyone on the planet goes, it's a terrible deal. It's absolutely horrendous. It front loads uh, like to make it look like everything's fine. But over, the, over time, it becomes an absolute goddamn mess. And it adds to the deficit. And Republicans were like, our job here is done. Because they, they wanted a photo op.
0: Well, not
2: only did they want a photo op, they wanted to make sure that the one thing all of their donors wanted, which was, we don't want to pay taxes, got done. So they made sure that the money, what the money wanted done, the money got done, right? Um, but outside of that, they don't give a shit. They're like, we are here to be racist and to fatten the pockets of the people that donate to us. It's kind of our brand. It's what got us elected. We're, 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 we're going to stick with that. Always like, like, um, also, like I, I, I just want to prepare everybody for this. If the government is still shut down on February 14th, Democrats will give them all of the money because a government shutdown for a month is damaging to an economy, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people who are like, yo, I'm going to miss a mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to miss bills. I'm going to miss a car note, right? And Democrats are going to be like, okay, fine. We can't have all these people suffering. We'll give you the fucking money for your wall. And when that happens, I know what the narrative is going to be. The narrative is going to be Democrats are weak. What the narrative should be is, holy shit, Republicans are fucking heartless.
1: Well, well, and and that's thing that's always bothering me about the narrative when it comes to this is, Republicans have always been heartless. They were heartless during the, 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 the healthcare bill. They're heartless during this. It's like, none of it makes any sense. Like it, it, like, and then you have you you have people that are working in the government that still have to go even though they're not getting paid. Like the TSA, there's there's a whole thing about the TSA unions having a, a number of people calling out sick because they're like one is you know basically their way of kind of striking, but two they're like yo people people need can't pay for childcare. People are, people are gonna come in and you're, you're expecting people to come in and work eight to nine hour days, and then not pay them. What are we doing? Your your official um, your official government your official government like narrative is well we can help you guys apply for loans while you're waiting for your your your, your paycheck to eventually come in with, for the government to open back up. That is your that is your go to. Get
2: a loan. Your go to is throw yourself at the mercy of these creditors. Who by the way the who who who, say, who,
1: hey. who by the way Republicans have made sure to lower regulations on?
2: But hey, this is what y'all wanted, right? Like, this is what y'all wanted. Um, I also love how nobody's reporting on the fact that one of the first things that uh, Democrats are introducing is a bill to restore Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, which brings back the enforcement mechanism. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought Democrats didn't care about voter suppression. I thought, I mean, I I was told by AppleCare that Democrats are weak and just do whatever Republicans want. I mean, that's that's just what I was told.
1: Yeah, I... mm. Ah, so yeah, Trump's still an idiot. The Government's still closed. Um, I and honestly, I don't know. I don't know when when it will make up because Trump has basically dug his heels in it, and Mitch McConnell is so weak he refuses to put like what what, what this, this is how weak. Like as far as I'm concerned, Trump has to have something on these people because to me, I'm, if I'm Mitch McConnell, it's like we're got to deal with the Democrats. You give Trump a bill, and you tell Trump you sign this, or the government shutdown is on you. It's on you. You sign this right now. We'll introduce a wall bill later on. But you sign this, open to this government, let the people, let these people go back to work, or you are going to be the one that owns this. And that's the thing that drives me so crazy about this is Trump is on on on, on camera and on 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 audio talking to um, uh, uh, Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi, basically saying that I will shut down the government for this and I will own that. If I'm Mr. McConnell, I was like, "You gave me an out. You said that this is on you. All right, cool. You take it.
2: All right, you do it." The the the, the thing about that whole exchange—it's wild—is first he says, "You know, Democrats would have shut down the government. Democrats would have shut down the government." then Chuck Schumer's in a rare in a rare showing of spine for Chuck Schumer says, "No, actually, you're the president. You have the house. You can get this done if you want to. If the government shuts down, it's on you." Well, fine, it's on me then. The thing with Trump, because this happened, and because he lives in a world where if you are not constantly fallaciating his ego, he just excludes it from his own narrative. The only way that this happens is if, is if someone in his camp can pitch an idea of not getting the wall as a good thing. But then Fox News will be like, you didn't get the wall, you cave." You'll be like, oh, well, Fox News says I didn't get what I wanted. It's like that. There was a deal. There was a CR in place to keep the government open until I think like February fourteenth.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Fox News, like the, the the timeline is: someone on Fox News says Trump is weak for considering this deal. He shreds the deal. Government shuts down. Mm-hmm. Like that. That That is not an exaggeration. That is literally what happened. Someone on Fox News said he shouldn't do it, and he said, "You're right. I shouldn't."
1: He gets all of, He gets all of the information from Fox News. All of this information is coming from Fox News. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. And I will say this one thing too about Chuck Schumer. Uh, Mitch McConnell is such a bad, is such, is so bad at his job. He's actually making Chuck Schumer like he has a spine. We actually have two very, very, very weak leaders in the Senate. Like the only person of any kind of strength is Nancy Pelosi. Chuck Schumer is terrible as a speaker. Like I miss Harry Reid. Chuck Schumer is oh. God fucking awful.
2: Shout out to everybody uh, in that Democratic caucus that tried to pit Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez against Nancy Pelosi. Only for that whole wing, those like those twelve white guys, they all voted for Nancy Pelosi to be Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up uh, Alexandra here because uh, she did make a rookie mistake, <clears throat> and uh, I think this was the, probably the biggest, the biggest thing that's happened this week. Um, was uh uh. And again, just rookie mistakes. And this is what happens when you know you don't know any better. Um, someone found a video of her dancing in college, or was a high school. I can't remember which one. And I'm just, how are we supposed to deal with How are we? How are we supposed to deal with you know? How are we supposed to the take these people, these politicians, seriously if they have childhood videos of them dancing and having a carefree time?
2: Uh, i wanted to talk to somebody about this video uh, that I could make these jokes with. And I feel like this is a safe space, and we can make these jokes. Yo, how are you gonna be? How are you, a Puerto Rican from the Bronx, with no rhythm? Like that—that that right there is Let's a betrayal of everything it. that I believe. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. I'm just like, let let, let
1: us—we're going to have a dialogue. We need to have—we need to have a dialogue. We need to. say I'm just saying. I—I mean, I—I. I, for one, I'm actually—I—I I really am offended because I—the way I see it is, if she's gonna, do, why couldn't she do something more respectable? Like, I don't know do cocaine or get a DUI in college. Like that's the respectable way forward for a politician, you know. You know, you can be president with that or a vice president. The great thing about watching Vice is seeing that Dick Cheney literally was a drunken DUI getting fucking full. I it, this whole this whole energy against Alexandria, and I get it. Like Alexandria and and, and I, she's very young. And and she takes to Twitter a lot. And a lot of times I see what she's saying. I'm just like, good luck. You know, I know you're saying this stuff. you 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 if it works out, that's great. If not, listen, you'll, you'll learn how, you know, fucked up politics is whatever. Right. But love the energy. Like that's my thing with my thing with her and a lot of these other house members, new house members that come in is love the energy, you know, love the energy. I think it was needed. I, I think this is the most women we've ever had. In, in 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 a congress like a lot of positives here if they don't get honored percent uh, things wrong i i love the energy i love the idea of having people in there who aren't completely jaded by the political system great but watching this the the the, the right go after alexandria and the things they go after first it was her coat then there's this whole thing that she's not really from the Bronx but that or she's not really from a a middle class family because she went to a nice high school and I'm like that doesn't mean you weren't from a middle class family it could just mean that your parents worked really really hard to bus you to the nicer schools because you know the schools in your neighborhood and the poor neighborhoods weren't actually good happens all the time people of color know this um and now it's this video the, 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 this whole do you the video here is America's favorite comedy? Know it all, acting like a clueless nitwit. Uh, nitw- she is, and I'm like, because she's dancing.
2: If only she had had a conversation with an NBC personality about sexually assaulting women, or if only he had mocked, or if only she had mocked a uh, disabled reporter, or if only she had called African countries shithole countries, or if only she had done. Literally anything else Donald Trump has done.
1: Well, the thing that gets me about that is, who was the who was the representative that said impeach the motherfucker?
2: Yo, my new uh, the first Palestinian American to be elected to the United States Congress.
1: Listen, so so now uh, you got you now you now you have now you have Republicans and. The media even saying, "Oh, this is unbecoming of the Congress. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, and this is where, like, I, at this point, I've, I feel like the media and, and the GOP, is, are, they're cooking with gaslighting. I'm calling this cooking with gaslighting. And I'm just like, wait a minute, are we supposed to forget? First of all, everything you just mentioned with Trump did. Didn't Trump call Elizabeth Warren horseface or something like that? Like we, uh, we, we,
2: we. He he some, him, I know we he called her Pocahontas. He, um, I
1: mean, like you literally have a president. Face either you have a you literally have a president who insults people. So that's first thing too. Second thing is you have a you have a government that at least two, maybe three kids have died uh, since that 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 border policy of of locking kids up you you have a you have a gop in in in, a, in an administration that not only has 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 has, have, has had these kids die in their custody but has sent people out there to explain that it could have been worse
2: so uh my favorite is when uh representative matt gates from florida um acted so indignant about um rashida Tlaib saying impeach the motherfucker. Uh if the name Matt Gates sounds familiar to you, he brought a literal Holocaust denier and white supremacist Charles Johnson to the State of the Union address in 2018. Yep. Yep. Uh, literally um, coordinating with Nazis. What You're am like, I what No am no I... no no we're this this is a line too far. And uh once again, shout out Nancy Pelosi. They tried to ask her about this and she was just like if a man said it y'all wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. She was like, I mean I wouldn't have cursed but Whatever. If a man said it, this would not be an issue. Trump it, has said worse. It was uh, You're doing he, this because she's a woman. Like I, I love the fact that Democrats are not getting into the oh she should recant she should um, apologize. No, the basically said yes, you said it, and what?
1: It, it was it was Stormy Daniels who said it, and let me. It was it was Kevin McCarthy. I gotta play this clip. It is absolutely hilarious what happened here. Let me see. Uh, oh wait work with one another to not use foul language and they've got almost every single freshman well, I'll, I'll, I'll to suck it. us wood. You know what happened in the last Congress when Republicans were in the majority? You know what our freshman class did? They put a, a resolution together to actually work with one another to not use foul language, and they got almost every single freshman to sign on to it. This is the difference with this new Congress, and it's wrong. With all due respect, though, the president not too long ago referred to a woman as horseface. Who within your caucus called out the president for that type of language? I think a lot of them did in that process. <laughs> See, this is what we need more. This is more, this is more what we need from the media when you have the GOP trying to come out here and pretend like they don't do if Their people have not done what they always do. And act like this moral high ground. You need to have the media knock it down because there is no way you can sit here. When you have a group of people who support Donald Trump and back Donald Trump complaining about anybody's language, because Donald Trump's language has been horrific. His actions have been horrific. You do not get to come in here and complain about somebody saying, pieces, motherfucker, all right? You don't get to say, you don't get to, you don't get to do that. And the thing, the other thing that gets me about it is more gaslighting with this is, the GOP wants us to act like they are not the party of, oh man, we're getting too PC and PC culture, and they're making it so we can't say what we want to say anymore. Then you get somebody saying, impeach the motherfuckers!" like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. We didn't mean for you to have free speech. We didn't mean for you to be able to say whatever you want to say.
2: That was only meant for us. Like, fuck you. Right. The, the, the gag of free speech is free speech for white people to say whatever they want about uh, marginalized folks. Like, that is what free speech is. The right to be as racist and bigoted as they want to be.
1: It's, it's the punching down thing again. It's like, they're, the the, GOP, the GOP's whole strategy is we are allowed to punch down. You are not allowed to punch up back up at us. You're not allowed. Like, and I'm like, fuck you. This is a GOP that literally had a um, a, a congressman sit in the, the State of the Union and shout "You lie" to the president while he was giving a short uh, to to Obama while giving a State of the Union address and didn't really force him to apologize. And you're sitting here trying to tell me that we should okay.
2: I'm not. Not he, only did they not force him to apologize, they agreed with him and backed him. So. No, you you don't get to say you don't get to clutch your pearls after one endorsing Donald fucking Trump and two after all the horrific shit you've done prior to Donald Trump birthers, everything you put Obama through still going to Fox News after everything they put Obama's family through. You don't get to clutch your pearls that impeach the motherfucker.
1: You don't. Um. And again, just going back to Alexandria, I, I just wish she'd, she, again, the rookie mistake, she'll get better at this. I'm just going to tell her next time, make sure you rape somebody in your past. Because then it'll be okay. Dancing, bad. Rape, okay. Funny how yeah. that works. Um, Funny how that works.
2: I, I will say, though, out of this freshman class, um, so it's her, it's Ilan Omar, it's Ayana Presley. Those are the three, The they, they, they're trying to say that they're the new quote-unquote Bernie wing, but they're actual progressives, um, and they're each sort of highlighting their own area that they want to focus on. I think Ayanna, Ayanna Pressley is focusing on criminal justice reform, um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is focusing on environmental reforms, and Elon Omar is focusing on, shit, I have this, I have this, I have this. Um, I want to say more like a, a social justices and like ways um, government can be used for a social good. Right.
1: And, and this is why, this is why I'm, I'm look, they might not, I, I think they're very, very naive in a lot of things, but the energy is great and, and the push is great. And I think that's great for it, it, the, the democratic party has always been about being diverse diversity of ideas. And I don't see how you can get upset at having and not excited about who is coming into this into this this party? Particularly the House. The House is always more progressive than the Senate. And seeing what this is, it's like this is this is the kind of House. And hopefully, at some point, we'll get the Senate this way too. If if Obama had this kind of House and this kind of Senate, we would have been cooking with gas.
2: Yeah, and I would say yes. They're naive, but that naivety is needed, right? Because without that naivety, then we get a bunch of jaded centrists, and like nothing really gets done. It's that have just accepted. The machinations of the political of like the political process, but if you have that naivety and people saying, "No, we can actually use our office to change things, then you can slowly even rapidly start pushing uh pushing the party left to start pushing things forward so yeah. i don't think they'll get anything done in these two years because Mitch McConnell exists but right um but but i'm hoping but I'm, but I'm hoping that even though they don't that they
1: don't become and th- and that's my one worry is that. When they, and because it's the same thing that happened under Obama, that when if they can't get things the way they want it in these first two years, they're not discouraged. I'm really, really hopeful and hoping that they don't get discouraged because they're not going to get anything done in these first two years. Oh, but I hope they're in here for I, the long run for this, because I think it's good. for It's good overall for everybody.
2: I've already peeped what's going to happen in 2020 uh, or with the next time some of them are up for reelection. Why didn't you do anything when you were elected? You said you were going to do all this, but nothing got done. Mm-hmm. They're going to focus on all of the women of color that got in. They're going to focus on all of the yeah. queer people that got in, yep. and leave all these white men alone.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. Of course, we know that's going to happen. Of course. Um. All right. Last thing before we get into the unfortunate R Kelly thing that I had to add into here. Um. But I, I feel like this is another. Um. I'm calling this a heartwarming story. Um. Proud Boys founder, Gavin McGinnis, can get back to Antifa after he battles his neighbors. Uh, McGinnis is complaining that his neighbor's anti-hate, yards, uh, anti-hate yard signs are an attack on him and his family. Gavin McGinnis' ongoing fight against the detractors has spilled over into his, tony, uh, into his tiny neighborhood outside of New York City, and a letter he penned, obtained exclusively by the Huffington Post, signals that he's losing the battle, too. McGinnis, the founder of the violent, misogynistic street gang known as the Proud Boys, found a safe space in... Larchmont, Mount, a quaint upscale village in Westchester County. Just real quick here to kind of go back to the Alexander thing too. It's funny to me when people try to come, like the right is trying to attack Alexander for saying that she's not um, blue collar, that she went to a nicer high school, her family it, it lived in a $400,000 house. And I'm like, all oh, you guys do too. None of you, none of these people come from not, don't, don't come, come from struggle. You, none of you do. Nobody on the right comes from struggle. None of you cause them on the right to come from trouble. You all had things like this, like Gavin McGinnis is the kind of guy who will go live in this quaint, nice, secluded neighborhood and then come into, you know, a, a, a diverse neighborhood somewhere or go somewhere where uh, black people live and then start up trouble and then go right back to his nice little quaint neighborhood and live, live safely. None of these people are, are uh, uh, blue-collar workers that you claim that are fighting for the everyday man. None of them are everyday men. None of them. 100% of zero of them are. Um, the beautiful Waterside community just north of the big city insulates McGinnis' wife and three young children from his daily life as an extremist isn't, this is just, this sums it up uh, isolates McGinnis' wife and three young children from his daily life as an extremist gang leader who incites violence and, expo- and espouses hate on a social media platform that uh, that'll accept, on any social media platform that'll accept him. Basically his wife and three kids get to live their lives while Gavin McGinnis gets to play fucking I'm saying play, but he's doing this in real life because of play racist. If that's not white privilege, I don't know what the fuck is.
2: Um, Gavin McGinnis is a gang leader. Like you said, he founded a violent gang that attacked that led an attack on people in American soil, right? Like, for all the talk of, oh, the MS-13 is coming from Mexico. This motherfucker's on Bleecker Street, right? Like, this this motherfucker is in America beating Americans, but eh, he's white, no one cares. I, I I live for the day when someone checks his shit. Like.
1: Oh, oh. Just wait until you finish this. This is great. Uh, McGinnis' oh. family is shielded from what the rest of the, the, the nation sees on a regular basis, the rampant racism and misogyny that made him famous uh, among chuds Online, the punch-happy gang he started that commits violent acts across the country, his association with white supremacists and skinheads and conspiracy theorists like Alex Jones, his predilection for playing himself... Playing with himself on camera, the list goes on. M- uh, mind you, mind you, I love the fact that the way the Huffington Post wrote this is to let you know exactly how shitty Gavin McGinnis is. Any other outlet probably would have written this in a way that made it seem like it was ambiguous as the weather. Like, some say that Gavin McGinnis is a gang leader, but uh, the, the, it's, it's still, uh, you know, the, the jury's still out on that one. No, no, he is. He is. Um, in mount, McGinnis found a escape for himself. That is until his community found out who he was. Some local residents who, who asked that their names not be published for fear of retribution from McGinnis said they weren't aware of his status as a leader of a neo-fascist organization until several proud boys made national headlines in October for attacking protesters in Manhattan. They, have char- uh, they were charged with assault and variety, and McGinnis' neighbors began to take notice, as the Daily Beast reported. Um, today, there are signs dotting the lines in McGinnis' neighborhood that read, Hate has no home here. They're passed out by local religious organizations and displayed proudly by locals. We stand together as a community, and violent hate are not tolerated here, one of the residents told the Huffington Post. Everyone is entitled to their opinions, but Gavin, what he's doing is radical departure from discourse. He makes a conscious decision to incite violence and hate, and we have our sign up because we want people to know that it's a safe and friendly home. Uh, now McGinnis's demons are catching up now that McGinnis's demons are catching up with him in his own community, uh, on Friday, Hovind Post obtained a letter pinned by McGinnis and dropped off at the homes of several residents who had signs to play on the front uh, on the front property. And the three-page computer type screen <laughs> computer type letter dated December twenty-eighth, McGinnis tells several, uh, tells numerous and blatant lies about the Proud Boys, his status as a leader, and his intolerant views. Huffington Post is not publishing uh, McGinnis' letter as it misrepresents his past actions on which Huffington Post has reported on extensively. Again, I love the Huffington Post for not doing this. Do not let him set the narrative of who he is because you know he's fucking lying. So not gonna do this. So what they do is they then go and talk about this. He claims that his wife is a Democrat in an apparent attempt to level with his neighbors. Public records show that she's a registered voter, but now does not have a uh, party affiliation. That he's a businessman and humorist. He is indeed the co-founder of advice Media and therefore a one-time businessman. But his incitement of violence and his public com- comments about rape, women, and LGBT communities are anything but funny. And that the Proud Boys are merely a, drug- a drinking club I started several years ago as a joke. That is simply not true. Other media outlets and reporters like ABC News. I've treated McGinnis as a spectacle and a provocateur rather than an extremist gang leader. I love the fact that he also called out other media outlets <laughs> for this. Given him room to deflect and deny things he had done, Ferris's 10-minute feature was particularly egregious in the eyes of some of the Westchester County residents. In her segment, she did not disclose that she lives in the same neighborhood as McGinnis and that his children attend the same school as hers. Huh. Isn't that interesting? As for the social proximity should have been disclosed in the report, ABC News released a statement saying that Fair did her job and pressing McGinnis on the group's history. Muslim McGinnis' letter is nothing new anyway. He has backpedaled on his past before, especially when he and his recent follow- or his followers face consequences by lying, arguing that the whole thing was a joke. But most recently, he released a video on YouTube saying that he quit the Proud Boys. Oh, I forgot about this, too. I forgot. During the time we were gone, uh, Gavin McGinnis, quote-unquote, quit the Proud Boys and is no longer the founder. Uh, but then admitted that in the same breath that he only said so to allow uh, to somehow alleviate the sentence of the proud boys members who were jailed on assault charges. What's telling about the letter is that McGinnis seemed to argue that displaying the, an anti hate sign is an inherent attack on his family. This is, this is the thing. This is, this is, the, this is the, I'm telling you, this is chef kiss. This is beautiful. What I'm about to read right here. If you are liberal, then you are by definition tolerant. And if you truly eschew hate, you know that loving your neighbor, your actual neighbor is where tolerance begins. he writes, I am writing on behalf of my family to ask you to reconsider whether the message on your, of your lawn sign moves our world and our village in the direction of love at all or whether it sends a very different message, message instead. Now, in case somehow you've forgotten what the sign says, the sign says, hate has no home here. Gavin McGinnis is claiming that that message is intolerant to him and his family.
2: Oh, fuck Gavin
1: McGinney. <laughs> this is, this is, I'm, this, is the, this is the chief cookie with gaslighting here at all. Like, wait, wait. You're saying that I'm intolerant because I'm saying that your hate is not welcome here? So, and again, we've talked about this before. Um, intolerance of intolerance is tolerant, it's the whole negative times a negative is a positive thing. Like a lot of the media doesn't understand this. Like, you cannot meet negativity like this kind of negativity and this kind of hate and this kind of bigotry and this this kind of racism with positivity because all you do is give um, give more uh, uh, weight to you give equal weight to the negativity. You have to shut it down. You have to be intolerant of intolerance.
2: Right. We we, so we've discussed before the paradox of tolerance. Right. The paradox of tolerance is. For tolerance for a tolerant society to thrive, it must be intolerant of hate. Right? It must be intolerant of intolerance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That, that is the only way a tolerant society can thrive. Because if you tolerate intolerance, then the intolerance festers and brews and essentially stamps out the tolerant. Because you're trying to meet a hateful force with passive inaction. Right? You say, oh, well, I'm just tolerating your active hate. Well, the act of hate is going to override your passive tolerance eventually,
1: mm-hmm.
2: right? That that that's why the oh you can't punch Nazis? Yes, the fuck you can. The fucking Nazis punch them in the fucking face. That's all they're good. Nazis. Nice. That's all fuck cool. them. We fought a war to kill Nazis. Some of your grandparents probably, if you go in their attics, have little chests where they have Nazi scalps and ears. Why? Because they're Nazis. Fuck Nazis. Well, and not only like that, they, but it's it, it's.
1: We've seen it work. Every single one of these alt right people that thought it was fun and, and great when they thought that when nobody was challenging them, it was fun. It was great. Everything's fine now. All of them, they're struggling. Why? Because when you when 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 they can no longer have free reign, it's great. Um, Huff, uh, the Huff Post spoke to several Larchmont residents who cited various reasons for displaying anti hate signs in their neighborhood. Not not all of them. Not all of them having to do with McGinnis, but they all agreed on one thing. McGinnis is full of it. If you're so tolerant, then put a fucking sign up in your yard too, and stop being so narcissistic to think that it's all about you. Said one resident. Another uh, said he thinks liberals are stupid and will buy into and in, in, in will buy into his BS. As a humorist, he should understand that the joke is on him. The letter that the neighbor said isn't going to end their peaceful act of protest at least until McGinnis apologizes and properly uh, uh, ends his career as a gang leader. leader. Uh, McGinnis did not respond to uh, comments for the story.
2: <laughs> what a jacket. What a fucking jackass. Hmm. What a, like you said, he's a, he's a fucking gang leader, yo. Like, for all the talk of we're law and order. No. Any, it, it, black people have been saying this for decades, but there is no excuse now in 2019 to not understand this. All Republican talking points about caring about law and order and caring about gang violence, they're really just smoke screens to say we don't like black and brown people. We don't like people of color. Yeah. Because Gavin McGinnis is a gang leader. He beat it, like he assaulted Americans in New York. Yeah. He assaulted reg- regular people just trying to live their lives. He and his violent mob assaulted them. They don't care about that. Um, they only care about yeah. gang violence when it's MS-13 or the guns in Chicago. Oh, when it's people of color. That's when you care about it.
1: Of, of, of course. Of course. It was just, you know, we... We, can't, we can't, you know, we can't. Um, Let's see. Um we're going to do cuz there've been way too many stories about uh uh robots in the news. Uh but um let's go ahead and let's, let's go ahead and do um uh, I think it's time to do. We we've had some fun. We'll, we'll end with some fun. Let's go and deal with this uh, Surviving R. Kelly shit. Um, so if, if somehow you haven't been living on a rock and don't know, Surviving R. Kelly is a three night uh, special that uh, Lifetime, so I think Dream Hampton is the uh, a producer on this. And they start from, and I didn't see the beginning. The, I, saw, I started watching it like halfway through the first episode. Well, these are all the way from, the. it's based on R. Kelly and is going through the entire timeline the entire timeline of, of R. Kelly's abuse. Yeah. From childhood, his childhood and his, even his own abuse, but then getting into his marriage to Aaliyah, the other women he had abused around that time, um, the infamous sex tape, and then tonight we're going into the stuff that came out, I think, two years ago about him basically running a private sex cult where he's kind of learned his lesson to use teenage girls that are that are of barely of age, but is completely controlling them and keeping them away from their families. And, um, it's going to like, I think tonight's episode, they're going to show one of the girls actually being rescued. Um, yeah. When I tell you, this has been so hard as, as a cishet black man, so I can only imagine what what others are going, what women are going through, and others who have suffered this kind of abuse are going through. This has been difficult to watch. It has been uncomfortable to watch. And, and since last night, it, it wasn't uncomfortable to watch because, not because, and 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 that's why I want to talk about it on the show because it, 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 I think some people who, when I said this on, on on Twitter, thought it was like, "Oh, see, so you, you guys need to understand black black women will try to tell you." I'm like, "No, it, yes, all that, but that's not why it was uncomfortable for me. It's uncomfortable for me because." Aaliyah was three years older than I was. Aaliyah was born in 1979. I'm born in 1982. So when R. Kelly met Aaliyah at 12, I was nine. When he made her at 15, I was 12. Um, and so going through and watching the timeline and watching what he did, like I watched, I remember seeing that episode where they came out and they're both uh, in matching out basically in matching outfits and they're being asked if they're dating, and they both denied, but you can kind of tell they were. Um, so going through and watching all that stuff and watching, you know, what what went down with with Aaliyah, what went down with uh, him and the other the other young girls he was raping and manipulating, uh, and all this happening while I was so young. what what what, what bothered me was. I'm a child. I don't know any better. But there were so many adults. And I don't just mean people like Demetrius Smith, who, if at the end of this weekend, he has had arrested for something, I, I, I don't understand. Because he, he knew that R. Kelly was having sex with these young girls. He knew he was manipulating young girls. He went and got girls. He forged, he's the one that forged the, um, a- Aaliyah's—he's the one that forged Aaliyah's uh, uh, signature on the um, on on her on her birth certificate to say she was eighteen. He did all that. Um. So, um, there's and he's not the only one. There's there's several, some of these men, and I'll get into that later on. That clearly deserve to be in jail, but I'm talking about like the adults that were around us, like family, friends, uncles, aunts, pastors, preachers, teachers, who would have things like, hey, I believe I can fly, you know, kids sing that. Step in the name of the love played at, played at weddings. And this kind of goes to what we were saying before when we were talking about the Kevin Hart thing is, and I said this on Twitter, that I am extremely lucky that we did not live in a neighborhood. So, and I used to complain all the time about how I didn't live in a neighborhood. And it was hard. I, I couldn't go over and play with, I couldn't walk down the street and play with my friend and hang out with other people. I'm so glad I didn't. Because I would have been exposed to even more. And it would have been, like, the opportunities and in, in, in the, in the, because what we were taught, we were we were basically taught rape culture and we were taught to not believe young girls. Like, when it came out that Aaliyah and, and, and R. Kelly were married, everybody knew she was 15. But then, it be, then the story became, oh, well, she lied about her age. Or the par- the par- her parents, you know, forced her and her parents wanted it. And there was no talk about, like, R. Kelly was a victim. He was a victim, he was lied to. He didn't know any better, and you get you get things like that all the time. It's like, oh no, yeah, you, you got older men going, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know this. I had I dated a chick. She told me she was eighteen, when she was really fifteen. And so you you when you're young and impressionable, you hear this stuff all the time, and you begin to believe it's like, oh, okay, so, oh, th- these hoes do be lying. Oh, okay, that's true.
2: Okay you 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 start buying into the notion of fast, oh, that, that girl that that little fast behind girl, that little yeah. fast behind girl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or, yeah. It's not our as fault. the church it's, folk it's would say, draw. the promiscuous woman. Like, you start buying into those tropes, like, subconsciously. Because, like, so 1996, I was 10 years old. Right? So, like, all of this stuff is happening and the refrain that I'm hearing from my parents is they not like my parents specifically, the friend like I'm hearing from adults is, oh, she was just being fast, oh, why is she hanging out with R. Kelly anyways, oh, why, why are the parents letting that happen, and it's like as I got older what really what really changed the R. Kelly thing for me is when I got to FAMU, I had just turned 17, my roommate was from Chicago, an R. Kelly song came on, and he was like yeah, I can't. he was like, yo, I really like. I, I feel weird when I listen to R. Kelly, and I was like, why is that? and he was like R. Kelly would come to my middle school to pick up girl. Like that McDonald's is right next to where my middle school was. So I've seen R. Kelly pick up 12 year old. Mm -hmm. And Um, then because my roommate was from Chicago, he linked it with a bunch of Chicago people. Everybody from Chicago has an R. Kelly story. Everybody from Chicago has an R. Kelly story, whether it's a McDonald's on Kenwood story, whether it's R. Kelly in your church with the altos of the youth choir story. They all have an R. Kelly story, right? Like that hearing him say it sort of made it real to me that. Yo, this motherfucker is a grown ass adult picking up children. What the entire fuck? And then. Vice um was it Vice or was it the Voice? Village Damn, Voice. One of the Village Voice One of Voice, these wasn't magazines it? back in I want to say it was ninety eight, ninety nine, actually published the wedding certificate. I was like, oh. yo, no, R. Kelly married a child. Like, what the fuck are we doing?
1: But it didn't matter, right? Didn't matter. And and this documentary goes through this and shows you and I'm watching it going, I remember this. I remember when the sex eight came out. And it was also the um, Winter Olympics, and he sang at the Winter Olympics. Like, we grew up where, when we talk about rape culture and we talk about, um, you know, uh, teaching the generations uh, rape culture, that's what it was. Everything that was taught to us at that age was rape culture. We had a, no, like, I've seen people bring up Woody Allen and the the argument always bothers me too much. It's like, we're talking about R Kelly right now because R Kelly, I I grew up with that shit. Like Woody Allen was a little bit before my time. And as far as we know, Woody Allen still isn't actively doing this shit. He's a creep. Maybe he is doing it, but R Kelly's doing it to the point that everybody knows and nothing has changed. Like after he beat that charge, he's, 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 he's like doubled down on it. And thinks that he's untouchable, and so he's, he's doing it even more now.
2: When, when people bring up Woody Allen, I think of James Brown, right? Like, R. Kelly matters to us and our generation specifically because we lived through it. Woody Allen is a punchline to us when it comes to the Nevis director, right? Like, that, that is our context for Woody Allen. We don't, we don't have the attachment to Woody Allen that the people that are doing work against Woody Allen do. Right. That's not Mm -hmm. to say that we shouldn't care. We do care. We do uh, bring up the fact that he is also a serial predator and we do rally against it. We rally against R. Kelly harder because we live through it. Just like with James Brown, our elders will tell us James Brown beat the hell out of the women in his life. Mm -hmm. We did not live through that. We don't have the context for that. Miles Davis beat the hell out of Cicely Tyson. We did not live through that. We do not have the context for that. We lived through Chris Brown assaulting Rihanna. Well, That's why we speak up louder about that, because we lived it. Well, no, right? I, I, it, it, it I, we have that attachment to it. We lived through R. Kelly preying on children, right? So like when people say, oh, but what about Woody Allen? Yes, Woody Allen's a scumbag, too. We don't talk about him as much because he doesn't matter as much to us in our community and our generation.
1: Well, not only that, but like R. Kelly... One, like I said, if you know somebody from Chicago, then you, ha- you know you know R. Kelly stories, meaning that you might not you might not just know an R. Kelly or heard an R. Kelly story. You might know someone who knows someone or maybe you know someone directly who was picked up by R. Kelly. Alright? Um and so as the story's going, I all start realizing this, like, yo, it became a thing that was such an open secret that nobody said anything about. To the point of like when I got to college in Baltimore, I remember uh being told uh that um oh uh, who was it uh Cisco from Drew Hill he used to do the same thing R. Kelly did. He used to sit around and pick up girls outside of high schools. Just waiting, waiting 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 outside of high school in a nice car and picking up girls and I want to say it was boys too, but I'll just say it was girls for now. But it was an open secret. Like what R. Kelly did, it was something that a lot of these RB stars did And nobody did a damn thing about it. Nobody did a damn thing about it. And, um, I'm watching this documentary and I'm watching, like, when he... Beats the charge, which I'm still just flabbergasted that he was somehow able to. Well, actually, no, I'm not. Because they had, I, w- I was wondering, I-, I tweeted this. I was like, who the fuck was on this jury? And then they literally bring out one of the jurors. And the jury basically goes, well, these women look like they, they, they had short skirts on. and I didn't believe any of the women. I was like, oh, my God. It's today. The same shit we see today with, with men not believing girls and women who were assaulted. Same thing happened. That's why R. R- Kelly walked. R. Kelly walked. Yeah. They walk. They show just somewhere clear. They showed child porn in that courtroom to the jurors and everybody who's in that courtroom, and those jurors still said not guilty.
2: They said it wasn't his fault.
1: Um, you nigga, know, what? Um, I know. I never. I've never. I've never seen the tape. But I also oh, I, know
2: I have never seen the tape.
1: I've never seen it. I've never, I'm sorry. Let me change that. I've never seen the sex act on the tape. I've seen the beginning of the tape where he's in front of it and he's. There, there, there. That clip was going around. I think they might even put that on the news of him. And, and they show a little bit of in the documentary of him kind of setting the camera up in there. That's R. Kelly, first of all. Um, but I've never seen the tape, the whole tape, the actual sex tape part of it. But I also know at that time I could have. It would have been easy. It would have been easy. I think at that time, because the sex tape came out, what two thousand one, I want to say.
2: I want. Yeah, that sounds two. about right. Like two thousand 2002. So I, I graduated
1: right. high school in two thousand. So about eighteen, nineteen, I probably could have gotten the tape if I wanted to, because adults, other adults, like growing up. I'm not talking about like eighteen, nineteen. I'm talking about like mid twenties, you know, and and older had the tape. You go to you go to the, the barbershop shop. And they might be playing the tape. Like I know this. I know other kids, other young adults who saw the tape because somebody ordered them showed them the tape. We had a we adults willingly went around selling and showing child porn. And let's call it what it was. The R Kelly sex tape wasn't a sex tape. It was R Kelly's child porn tape. But because of the way, uh, uh because of the way. Um, great c- culture works and the way everything was set up. we weren't taught that way there was never there were never conversations like we have you know we had to talk right and and you had at that time we still had sex education um at no point was there I believe we did this during the o j trial during the o j trial there were actually discussions in class there were never discussions about r Kelly. there were never discussions about, hey, this man is abusing young girls, and married Aaliyah, who was very, very popular at the time. I had a crush on Aaliyah, all right? And at that time, it was normal. It was like, oh, well, R. Kelly's an older guy. Of course, he got the girl. That's what, that's what older guys do. Like, it wasn't just that R. What happened was, it, it, this isn't just about it being a celebrity. This is about, there were R. Kellys locally who weren't famous guys, but were 20, 20 25 years old trolling high schools and middle schools for little girls that they ended up having sex, end up raping. That happened. And because we never had a conversation about, um, because we never had a conversation about uh, uh, um, R. Kelly, those assholes escaped. And so you create this whole entire culture where you had, rapists getting away with it and then if you had if you had if you were a young girl or a young woman and you were worried about you know you were raped who would you go to one of the more one of the more uh uh troubling uh things in this whole uh i hate to say more troubling because it's all troubling you know the story of andrea his wife is completely devastating because he was controlling, he was abusive. And her, her her story about how she finally got the courage to leave R. Kelly? It's heart, heartbreaking.
2: Spoiler alert. If that broke your heart, tonight's episode is going to break you. Oh, I know. Because that's essentially, like, imagine what he was doing to Andrea. Now, amplify that across how, oh, shit, what was it? We had five confirmed women in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. in a sex cult slash human trafficking ring. So, yeah. Which,
1: which, by the way, it, why, 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 I brought this up last night because R. Kelly apparently taped everything. That's how he got the tape. R. Kelly taped everything. And we were like, whoa, they never really found other tapes, so that means he still has tapes. Of and course I, he does. And, and, I, and I said, it's worse than that. I fully believe the reason why R. Kelly has been able to exist in... in in, in this environment for as long as he has, is because he has other men on tape having sex with these girls as well. And this is why you see such a, 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 a hush over people to speak out against him or a rush to defend him, particularly from black men, because i'm i'm watching I'm seeing people like Demetrius Smith and all these other people his like there's there's one employee that won't even show their face on on camera, and I'm just like, but you knew he had a bedroom, he had a bed in his studio. you knew he was raping these little girls. you knew he was going after after little girls. you knew all of this stuff. what made you like so why did you stay there? I can only figure that you stayed there for two reasons. You were getting something out of it. And it can't be money, right? Because one of my favorite movies of all time is The Prestige. And Michael Caine does that thing where, where um, they have a duplicate. Uh, they, they get somebody who looks like uh, uh, Hugh Jackman to play Roop, I think his name, to play, uh, uh, they, they hired this they guy Roop to play uh, uh, the great Danton, right? To be his, his body double. And he was like, oh, we got to stop using him because he figured out that all he has to do was keep asking for more money. Because like in order for him to keep our in order for this our, our whole set to work he has to, he has to stay out of sight and he has to keep quiet about what he's doing or we're finished so we figured out that he has all the power so all he has to do is keep asking for money so if R. Kelly was only paying these men and that's the only reason why they're loyal to him is money motherfucker, well, you, you ain't got enough money because every every because because every every month the rate goes up and at some point you're broke so, it can't be money that he has that's making these, these men be this. So, what other way could it be? And what do we know about pedophile rings? The, the, the way that they uh, exchange child porn is, well, you know, you're also in, you're also in on this with, with me. So, I fully believe on those tapes, are other men, some of his crew, and some that are famous. And that's why, that's why, they don't speak out because you can't tell me that he's bringing all these young, they, they, it wasn't like he was get you get one girl and that was you just find One girl randomly. And that was it. They would go to high schools. They would go to middle school. So if R Kelly's picking one high school girl, you tell me the rest of his cute crew isn't also trying to talk to these little girls too. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. It's, yeah, a, it's it right has been a child so, pedophile ring since the nineties.
2: Like it, it's totally possible that he has other dudes on tape. My explanation is far more cynical. They just don't see anything wrong with it because it's oh. what they want to do anyways. Oh, I believe, I believe, I believe there,
1: I believe there's some of that too. I, believe, I definitely believe there's some of that. I, a hundred percent believe that some of them are falling on the same idea of these are fast little girls. They wanted anyway, the
2: same thing. Exactly. Like they, they just don't care.
1: You know, the dumbest everything thing about I've seen, I I can't, I got to stop saying the most of it because it's all devastating. But when they were showing the stuff about the trial, and they were just showing all the women that were still going, "I love you, R. Kelly." Oh no, she wanted it. She wasn't. She lied. It, it wasn't him. Just that was just heart wrenching.
2: Like heart-wrenching. But the, so, I haven't watched it. Like I, so, I talked with Eric Bree and Ash about this, and I was just like, "I." For all the research we've done into this. I can't take it. Like for just for my mental headspace, I I would literally be re triggering myself. Like I can't do it. Uh, and we're the show that starts every episode with fuck R. Kelly. It's like, yo, this is an important story that needs to be told. I can't re-trigger myself. Cause like the last time we did a deep dive on R. Kelly's human trafficking ring in Atlanta, I had a mini breakdown. I was like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Like, it, I I can't take continuously seeing the depravity of this dude. And not just the depravity of him, but everyone around him that is enabling him.
1: The documentary, or expose, or whatever you want to call it, also confirms, and we've been saying for the longest time, a lot of his songs are about the young girls he raped. You Are Not Alone, written to one of the girls. He got pregnant and had a miscarriage. How can you ever listen to that song again?
2: Yeah, no, you... When people say, Oh, you can separate the artist from the from the, the art from the artist How? R. Kelly's crimes are woven into his art. It is impossible to separate age ain't nothing but a number from the fact that it was written by a serial predator. He he has that fucking song with Jay-Z, not guilty. That they that the radio out here
1: played when he was found not guilty. They played it right after that. But this is what this is where I go down to like I'm watching this and I'm just like so much there were so many enablers. Yes, the inner circle of his crew are enablers and all should be in jail. But you got people like the radio stations who were like, yeah, but he brings a lot of he brings in the he brings in the listeners, so we're going to still play him. We're going to still do this. But he's married He's got a sex tape with a 14-year-old girl. Because everybody who's, who was seeing the tape, at least from... Because, again, we got to remember, um, the reporters who, who got the tape, uh, they, they had to watch it. And so th- what got me about it, as somebody who has not seen the tape, how absolutely disgusted they were at what they watched. They were horrified. And they were like, there's no way you, can, you, can't, you can't believe that this girl is not underage. So what are we doing? What are we, we doing? We
2: are, we, we are protecting a serial predator because he made songs that made me feel good. And I don't want to have to think about what that means for me. Or, like, it, none of the rationalizations are good, right? Like, if, if you believe the girls are at fault, cool, you just hate women. Like, that. bottom line, you just hate women. And you believe that a 14-year-old girl is responsible for what a 30-year-old man does to her. Like, full stop, That that's what it is. No, there's no rationalization you can come up with for supporting this. Um, he left when he got charged and
1: posted bail. I guess it was back in 2001 when the tape came out, when he actually got charged. He left after, after posting bail and went to a church and sang with a bunch of kids.
2: And if, so there's a piece in The Village Voice written by um, Jim Derogatus where he goes through every single affidavit and every single um, and all the testimony from girls about R. Kelly. One of his things was he would go to churches to mentor the 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 girls in the youth choir. That was one of his plays. So after being found not guilty, he went right back to one of his predatory.
1: Oh, oh no, 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 no. So that's different. So that was this. Is not this. Is not after he was found not guilty. This is he. He got arrested. He posted bail and then left there after posting bail to go to the church. What happened after the um he got found out guilty? It's even worse. That's the I can't remember her name, but that's that that he immediately went and found a sixteen year old girl. Then then one, I think she's the one of the ones that ends up that, that ends up was in that I think uh, signed the non disclosure agreement. And ended up um, kind of exploding the sex cult thing. Yeah. Um, he uh, found he because she because she was going she was going she was showing up to his trial. She was taking off she was skipping school to show up to his trial. And he would talk to her, and so he eventually got her number. And when he was found not guilty, he called her up, brings her back to his ho- to his, to his to his mansion, and that's when he has he takes her virginity at sixteen years old immediately after immediately after getting. Found not guilty. He immediately goes back to doing it again. She tells him somewhere else. He tells she tells she tells him because she told him at first that she was nineteen. When before before they have said he, she tells him I'm sixteen. He was like, No, you tell people you're nineteen and you act twenty one. And I swear to God, how is he not shot? I mean, I know why, but how?
2: Uh, shout out to Vince Staples by the way, because that clip is, recir- is uh, recirculating the internet of him calling R. Kelly a fucking piece of shit, and people are like, oh, that's so brave. And Vince Staples is like, how the fuck is that brave? He's a fucking rapist. Like, Call shit ain't day. brave. Right. I'm calling a rapist a rapist.
1: Shout out to John Legend for saying the same thing. It's like John Legend shows up is it was interviewed in his in this documentary. And he's basically, I'm not being brave. It's just I don't I have no basically I have no country for for serial rapists, which is what R. Kelly is. He is a serial Rape rapist predator maybe one i call bill clinton uh, bill bill cosby you know the one of the most prolific rapists we have over time uh r kelly might be one of the most prolific child 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 pedophiles we have over time
2: because oh no r kelly was putting up bill cosby numbers like he yeah. he is he,
1: he, these are the numbers these are the, these are when ones we, we we know of
2: yeah like he's a menace to society like in the literal sense of the term r kelly's a menace to society these are the women that like, have come forward. Stop. These are only the women that come forward. How many others
1: have decided not to? How many others? Because again, what, what it was is before the tape came out, they started doing um, investigations into. Like you said the the girls he paid off. He had already paid off like fourteen, sixteen girls at that time. So even before the sex, even before the sex tape got got released, he had already been. There. It's just like.
2: Before the guilty verdict came or before the not guilty verdict came down, R. Kelly had paid out at least one point four million dollars in settlement to keep to keep these girls quiet. Right? Like this is who this dude is. If you are saying, Oh, I'm still gonna listen to R. Kelly, congratulations. You're contributing to the R. Kelly Silencing Children Fund. Like what, what, what do you think you're doing when you listen to his music, when you go to his concerts, when you stream his music, and you put money in R. Kelly's pocket? What do you think R. Kelly does with that money? He
1: takes your money and literally goes out to find more young girls to rape.
2: Like You, you cannot separate R. Kelly's art from R. Kelly's life. Andrew they Mar- are interwoven and intertwined. They are the same. You might be able to make that argument for some people. R. Kelly is not one of those people. Uh, it is baked into his into what he produces. So, so and like you, yeah.
1: yeah no, no go, go ahead. No, no. I'm gonna say Sparkle is Sparkle's niece, and I'm I'm basically watching this, this documentary going, "Fuck Sparkle," because there are several times in here where I'm like, "You knew what he was doing. You you saw how he treated Andrea. You knew what he was doing. You knew enough that your your cousin shouldn't be there with him alone, but you still want to be put like there are so many people like that who." knew what was going on, but kind of like, like at one point she even says, it's like, I can't believe he did that to my family. I'm like, but you were okay with him doing it to other families. You were, you were, you, what you're saying here is, and, and from what the doc in the documentary, you were okay with him doing this to other families. You just thought that your family was safe because you were close to him. I was like, fuck you. Andrea though, I feel so much for her. Cause at one point she even says, because it, it, he was so controlling with it. She couldn't leave the house. He's so abusing and controlling of his own wife. But she says, she and she points this out, it's like, who was helping him? Because he did so much. He's still putting out music out. He's still going back. He, R. Kelly was all over the place. There's thing people can understand. There's not some guy who's a recluse sitting around somewhere, and, you know, doing his own thing. No. He was all over the place, making music, putting out albums, doing all the other stuff, and still was able to get girls. So that means, and she points, she's like, Somebody had to go get them. So what you're telling me is, you know, because he has some of his former security there. I'm like, you guys were pimps. Part of you guys were pimps. Some of you guys were human traffickers. You guys were human trafficking and young young black girls.
2: I'm not ready for tonight, yo. I'm not ready for the last part. It's... Oh, no, it... it, So... what they cover, if they're covering what I think they're going to cover tonight, this is what broke me. Like, real talk, this is why I can't watch the documentary. Because the only thing R. Kelly learned was age of consent. Age of consent laws. No, no, no,
1: no. That's that, all he learned. That's, that's, that's the thing. And you know what part of me thinks is? I think that was something that came from his lawyers. I think his lawyers told him, you, you dodge a bullet. Do what you're going to do. You got to make sure they never talk. And that They're of age. I mean, you get as close to the age as possible, but also make sure you know you can get 16 in some states. You can get, you can get 16 is legal in some states. You can get that. Like I, 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 you're right. It's, it's. (sighs) is an absolutely devastating thing.
2: The Jim Dergada did a Buzzfeed piece. I think this is the piece that came out two years ago where the, the the woman who violated the NDA where she describes essentially being held hostage by R Kelly and R Kelly not allowing her to speak to anybody. And if she did, she would be beaten how her bodyguards would, or essentially her prison guards. Yeah. She, Kelly picked she, out the,
1: the last, the last, the last uh part ended with her kind of talking about that, how he would deny her. They she would, they would deny her food at one point. She went as many as yes. three days without food. It's like, I don't understand how you have somebody who's able to get away and do that. I don't under how are you able how?
2: How? I I just And the, the 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 wild thing about it is it's not just R. Kelly, it's not just, you know, the one or two security guards he has. This nigga built an infrastructure to support this. That's what broke me. That all these people collectively said, "eh, who cares?" Yeah, think just about some it. black girls
1: when you when you think about sex trafficking and what's been done, like the, the shutting down a black a back pant, uh, back page and all this stuff. We got to end human trafficking. And here you got R. Kelly, who is, I'm sorry, as far as it's not, I can't even call it an open secret anymore. It's just out in the open. Everybody knows what he's doing. Everybody knows what he's doing.
2: Like the. There've been, there's been reporting for decades on r kelly we've known about what he I, I remember when the story first broke in 2017 i remember when the story broke the go-to for niggers was oh he's just like hugh hefner and i'm like once again black man what you're saying is if a white man does the abuse it's cool i should be able to abuse on the same level as a white man yes that is what you are saying. Like it
1: was driving me crazy when I was seeing people go. Oh, I mean, well, I mean, well, where is the same energy for? You know, they're doing, They did a whole three night special on R. Kelly. I'm like, first of all, it was done by black women. So black women decided because you know we as black men and and you, nobody else in the society take care of the black women that they are going to do the legwork. They have been doing the legwork on this for years to get R. Kelly exposed. So don't use that as an excuse of, well, where's the? Where, why aren't you guys doing? You know, one on. You know Harvey Weinstein. It's like no, 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 no. They're doing one on the one that, that that affects their community the most, and they're they're going from there. So, oh, what was it? it was it was Woody Allen? It was um, oh you know Harvey Weinstein. I'm like, first of all, big energy and all that. I mean, we didn't even cover this here. Uh, Kevin Spacey decided to pop back up, and you know they already said, yeah, motherfucker, we're charging you with assault.
2: You know, yo. So that so- was bizarre. This nigga did. Uh, like he was still Frank from House of Cards addressing the quote-unquote allegations, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yo, I
1: I, I, lo- I, lo- I love that he's like, yo, you know, addressing that, alleg- and all of a sudden the DA's uh, the, 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 like, you fucking moron! No, we're fucking charging you, asshole! Just like so, it's like you know, when when you sit there and try to tell me that none of this stuff, uh, this doesn't happen to white men, I'm like, evidence proved not to. I was like, uh, uh Bill Cosby's getting getting eight to ten years because they're like, oh, you know, you only focus on the black men, like Bill Cosby and and R. Kelly. Bill Cosby, for all the stuff he's done, first of all, only got charged, only serving time for one of his assaults, only getting three to ten years. He's only going to serve three if he doesn't die first. Larry Nassar is getting forty to hundred and twenty-five years. Yeah, it's not about white or black. It's, this is not. This is not. This, this is not about race. Not about race. First of all, if you're a rich man, you can get away with rape. And child rape, particularly and especially if especially if your targets are black and brown girls.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't even say if you're rich, right? Valid if point. You, Valid point. If you, if you're a targeted community that no one cares about, Daniel Holtzclaw. If you are "quote unquote" good at your job, Larry Nasser, people will find excuses to not care about women. Mm-hmm. Right, like we don't need an. Joe Budden has rebranded himself as an OG of hip-hop. He is now the elder statesman imparting knowledge to the youth. And everybody loves Joe Budden because he says horrible things about Lil Pump and mumble rappers, right? With the exception of his current wife, Joe Budden has beaten every woman he's been with and beaten at least two into miscarriage. He
1: calls e- uh, Esther Baxter a fucking miscarriage. How do we forget this? We were all on Twitter. We saw the fucking images. Like every time I see people go, Oh no, no, I listen to Joe Budden's podcast, I'm like, you do realize he beat a woman to a miscarriage. We were there, we know that this happened. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah, I, I just can't believe that people forgotten that stuff and brought it back. You know, but but again, it's just like so this is where we stopped at and and, and R. Kelly's the same way, and I'm just it's like you said, if you can get away with it, against young black or brown girls, nobody cares.
2: Right, we, it's not like we as a society are lacking of excuses to blame women for things, to blame girls for things. We we've right?
1: we've, we've we've seen the um. The studies has basically say, there was another study that came out, somebody put it on Facebook about how uh, people believe young black girls are older than they think, older than they are. I mean, it's just, the R. Kelly thing is just, it, it, it's it's a sad reminder. And again, the reason why it affects me so much, because I, I grew up with it. I, I remember being told and seeing, playing R. Kelly songs and having habit, I would get in, you, would, you could get in more trouble playing any other rapper out there. If you play R. Kelly, it was fine.
2: Akwem was taboo, but R. Kelly sings the intro to Space Jam. Right? Like th- and that's how these things get normalized. I remember my, ju- so 2003, my junior year um, in high school, and my morning routine was I listened to Tom Joyner because I like listening to um old school and funk. Mom's getting ready for school in the morning because it just hyped me up, right? And they said, we're not going to play R. Kelly anymore. He was found not guilty. And they did some half assed soft stuff. It's like, well, I guess we gotta play R. Kelly now. And I'm like, That's all it took. Yeah. Like that that's literally all it took. They they had made a principled standard and said, Yeah, fuck that.
1: All right. I'm I'm just not prepared for the night. It, it's it's gonna get it's gonna get bad. Um the first two nights have already been bad. But um it's it's definitely needed and, and the conversations that come out of this I think are needed as well because we need to talk about how it reminded me of like when when when, um you know during the 2015 and 2016 period Hillary clinton voted for the crime bill she called it super predators numbers and every every now and then people remind is like yeah but so did your church and your parents and everybody else every other a large part of the black community were saying the same thing the documentary also made made a point to notice that a lot of preachers civil rights leaders and people that we generally um, look up to were fully in the corner of R. Kelly. And at some point, there needs to be a reckoning about that. Because they completely, the, the rape culture we see today is a direct result. Like, to me, R. Kelly's, the R. Kelly trial and R. R. Kelly marrying Lee, and all this stuff and what he did and his rapes, the, these are not the cause of rape culture. They are not the only thing in rape culture. But to me, everything around how R. Kelly was treated, when everybody knew he married Aaliyah at fifteen, is the prime example. the textbook example of what rape culture is. It's it's the grand scale and grand uh, showing of how we're all complicit how it gets passed down through generations and and
2: goes from there. It just is. And that's why it's so important that like black men especially, we got to speak up about this shit because clearly we don't listen to women. They're depending on us for their survival to speak up for them. The literal least we can do is say, hey, maybe you should believe her. The least, the least, the least. So, um,
1: all right. I know we've been, I know we've been uh away for a while, and I guess I could go in. I mean, we've been having some. You, hopefully, you guys won't tell, but we've been having some technical t- technical difficulties. We've been away for a while, but I'm not going to come back with a um great moments and white privilege. I'll say that for later on. Although I, I got to be honest, some of this we've covered today have been great moments and white privilege, like you know Louis C.K. coming back, just thinking that he just. Great moment White. you i am sorry. It just it just is. Um But we will do uh something that uh it's been so much stuff about. A uh we will do a do you even sci fi bro. All right, time for another do you even sci-fi, bro? Now I, I could go with some of the obvious stories that, that have that have come up since we've been gone from uh, selling the uh, more selling sex bots to there's the 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 the, the G spot robot apparently that's coming a sex doll with a G spot which we talked about this on the neural last night and I just I refuse. I refuse. I refuse I refuse it's
2: going to be a much wait 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 hold on hold on hold on hold on you just sort of slid that one in there a sex robot with a G spot. Yes, like that, that that's real. That, that, so now you can get the full experience of having, of uh, having sex and not satisfying your robot toy. Yes, I, I, I can't wait for the service calls on that one. Um, I think it's defective. The, I, I can't find the G-Spot. No it's there, so we, we we've installed. Are you sure? Because I, I just I just can't find it. Wow, that's a horrible idea. I'm sorry, that, that just wow, that's horrible.
1: Yeah, so I could go with all that stuff, right? I I could go with this, but I decided it's still a robot story, but I decided to go more. um, I'm gonna say this is a little more uh, low tech one. I I found it absolutely hilarious. Russia's state of the art robot exposes man in costume.
2: No, no, (laughs) no, no, no. No, I just
1: want you guys to see who no. who, who who hacked us and who uh, who us, uh, put Donald Trump in office is these people. Um, <laughs> the Russia Twenty Four News Channel broadcast footage of what it, what it presented as a as Boris, a dancing, singing robot, at a technology forum for school pupils. Um, but viewers and other journalists spotted some human like movements and other discrepancies, and discovered that Boris was in fact a human wearing a robot costume sold by a Russian company. As the machine, quotes, dance on stage, a presenter said, at the forum, there's an opportunity to see state-of-the-art robot, uh, robots. Forrest, the robot has already learned to dance and not badly at that. In the report, the robot has also appeared to, to speak in a metallic voice as lights flash on his face in different colors, saying, I'm good at math, but now I want to study art and musical composition. But images shared online from backstage of the event clearly show a human inside the robot outfit through a, a gap between the bodysuit and the headpiece. <laughs> Bloggers found the Robot Show website, where the suit identical to the one shown in the news uh, news clip can be purchased. After the clip went viral, uh, the broadcast network, in an interview, said who made the original report. I was absolutely sure everyone realized it was a costume, like Santa Claus. And this was a project created for kids.
2: Why? <laughs> why? Why? No, seriously, just why? Like that is my question. Why is this a good thing? Like what what do we what do we need this for? Who is this for? Why is this for? Oh. No. no. You know what? No, I take it back. We do need this. Any advantage that we can give the robots? because at this point, we've proven as a society that we don't deserve nice things. Oh, so that's the other one.
0: I,
1: you know what? I'll do one more because this, this is a more deserving one. one we talked about before, too, as well. <clears throat> a self-driving car can choose who to dies, who dies in a fatal crash. These are the ethical considerations. A massive new survey developed by MIT Resources reveals some of the distinct global preferences concerning the ethics of autonomous vehicles, as well as uh, some regional variations in those preferences. The survey has global reach and a unique scale, with over 2 million online participants from over 200 countries weighing in on versions of classical ethical conundrum, the trolley problem. The problem involves, uh, uh, involves scenarios in which an accident involving a vehicle is imminent, and the vehicle must offer one of two per- potentially fatal options. In the case of driverless cars, that might mean serving towards a couple of people rather than a large group of bystanders. The study is based, so here's the funny thing about this. People look at this stuff and go, no, no, no. I'm like, but this has to happen. Like, we never, we, there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the last year, there's been a lot of research into driver, uh, driverless cars or self-driving, I would say more like self-driving cars. And there've been accidents, some of them fatal. And um, I didn't know how to say this nicely, but um, you need that so that they learn. That's how we're training machines to learn now, just like humans learn. Somebody has to make mistakes. Somebody has to die, and then you make rules to make it so that other people don't do that same thing. This is what happens orb. when this. This is good or you just say everybody drive your own fucking car.
2: Well, or hear me out on this one we don't put matters of life and death into the hands of soulless machines yeah don't
1: don't have don't have driver don't have self driving cars
2: cuz like we've seen the movie play out eventually it's going to be like well one dead human is equivalent of 100 dead humans so who cares I,
1: again i just feel like nobody ever watches sci-fi but wants to do sci-fi shit
2: like eventually, look at like. Well, the greatest threat to humanity is the human themselves. So,
1: what was that movie? It was um, I think it started. Was it virus or something like that? That's literally what the the machine decided. It was like, oh no, no, we, you know, the virus is is humans. I was like, oh god damn it.
2: Yeah, not good. I, mean, I robot. The robots say we 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 live to serve humanity. We have the three rules, but in order to enforce these three rules, we have to enslave humanity because you are your greatest mm-hmm. threats to yourself.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But this hey, if you want the self driving cars, this is what you get. This is what's gonna happen. So yeah, folks. So. anyway, I think that's enough for this show. I gotta do a lot of editing to get this all, all together. Um so a couple of announcements w- with this. So we're back for the insanity check, but here's the but. Um we're only doing insanity checks now, uh, every other week. Um couple of reasons for this. One, we have so much other content coming out on the network. Uh you're going to be getting soon a between uh, between two palms. You got uh Palm and, and and Susan, uh, his wife Susan will be. Uh, they're they're doing a rewatch of the MCU. So they already did Iron Man last night. I don't know if they recorded it, but I know they did a rewatch of Iron Man. So that'll be coming out soon. Deep Palm's also going to be doing a mortgage podcast, and I'm going to be on the first episode. So that's coming as soon as well. I think we record next Wednesday. Um, Roe, who has been on our, who's been a lovely addition to our movie trailer reach podcast is going to be launching a book, uh, a, a book review podcast, a book discussion podcast. That'll be coming soon as well. I, I, I'm waiting, working with her to get more details on how we're going to do that and where it's going to be at. So there's going to be plenty of content. So, and also on the, the weeks that we don't have insanity check, just like we were doing last, uh, last couple months, we'll be putting uh, molecules and shit. So Koki and P funk will be filling in those gaps uh, when we don't have insanity check, but um, doing that for several reasons. One, so I can kind of focus on making sure I keep content flowing here and can focus on actually producing content and, 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 and making content and not just, you know, uh, shoveling out shit and, and not having time. Gives me some breathing room. Also, I just feel like if if, if the first five days of 2019 or anything, like if, if the rest of 2019, is anything like the first five days, I'm gonna need the breaks. I'm gonna need the breaks. It's
2: break. only the fifth day. It's
1: only the fifth day. Another thing too is I'm trying, I'm still working to, you know, I'm not, uh, I've sold my house, my house that sold in November. I'm living with my dad right now and, uh, making this work until I buy my new house. So I'll have all that going on as well. So uh, until I can kind of get back into my own place, I definitely need to, you know, g- 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 give myself some, 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 some breathing room when it comes to my weekends and things like that. So, um, Justin, what do you guys got coming over there with three fifths?
2: uh we are coming back next week we'll probably have a discussion about the r kelly documentary because we we open every show with fuck r kelly so there's no way we can avoid the discourse um so we'll probably be discussing that rolling 12 is coming back we are finalizing editing of season two of our fate rpg playthrough you can hear all of the horrible decisions that i made um uh, it's actually a small miracle that i don't die halfway through um uh, it's really through dumb luck that any of us make it through. Um, that's a fun experience. Uh, we've got other great interviews coming out as well. So we hope to bring some levity and joy to the beginning of your year while also tackling some serious topics that have to be discussed.
1: Cool. We're all looking forward to that. I it's good to be back in 2019. Uh, I'll say try to make it better than 2018, but first five days are not giving me confidence, guys. Not giving me confidence here. Not giving me confidence. But
2: um, block and scroll on Twitter. Oh no! That, that it, is, it, yeah, that is the mantra: block and scroll. Yeah, block and scroll.
1: Um, yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot of that right now. So, again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening. And until next time, we will be back. Peace.